to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots can have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. This is Rick, your host, and I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. Join us now for the Blessed Teach Show, and let's see what God is doing today. We have Charlotte dancing. I should put her on the screen. <laughs> Welcome to the Blessed Teach Show. We are here on Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. And um, you probably see I'm a little sharper looking right now, not because I dressed up, but because I literally took the plastic off my 4K camera I've been having on the plastic the last four, the last month. <laughs> I was looking at Dr. Artist last night and I was going, man, his looks so sharp and I look so grainy. And I realized I had the wrong, the right, the same camera as my brother. And I was looking at his, and he was sharp as could be, and, and I was all grainy, and I realized I never took off on my 4K camera I bought over a month ago, the plastic on the lens. So, hey, in 4K, you got Rick in 4K now. So you can probably see all my wrinkles and everything, right? But uh, but anyway, that is a, that's what's going on here. We got Pastor Art is free at last. We prayed about this. We had him on the show uh, late last week, I mean early last week, and... He was um, sentenced, to, uh, we'll get into that in, in details, but we, he was sentenced as guilty. We knew he was guilty from three months ago, and we know the, the judge hated him, and they did all kinds of, tried to do all kinds of deals behind the scenes, and he said no, and uh, they had a pill ready to go, but they were afraid they were going to give him a sentence and put him back in jail. But they gave him a, a sentence for 60 days in jail, but he had served 78 in, in a very unconstitutional way, even in Canadians' constitution, completely um, uh, unjust to how they treated him and put him in solitary confinement. And um, but anyway, he uh, is does not. He's free at last. So those are all the charges so far. I'm sure they'll put him on something else but, uh, if he keeps speaking. But he is he's on fire. He is. So we'll get him back on the show to celebrate uh, w with with Pastor Art. Uh, his son still got some cases uh, uh, though because he started fighting for him, right? So the, that family is still being persecuted. But what a great, great news we'll have. We'll get into that in a little more detail on that. Aaron Antis is coming on live at the bottom of the hour. Do not miss that because this guy is is a detailed-oriented guy that loves the Word of God and his dad's paintings that he found, these historic paintings that were really authentic Christian type of visions that his dad would get about what really things look like back on, uh, for instance, the Last Supper, etc., and he is going to go over how this relates to scripture and the authentic uh, view of these paintings and what the, those stories were all about. I think he's going over the, 
Parable to Sower, I'm not sure we'll, we'll, he's going to go over a different painting each time we bring him on. But this time, uh, last time we went over the, the Lord's Supper, and it's really cool to see what it's really like. Uh, so let's jump into this. We are live on YouTube and Facebook right now, so I'm going to be a little careful. Um, I can't do that on Tuesdays and I mean on Mondays and Thursdays and Fridays and Sundays because I play music and both Facebook and and uh, and YouTube in their their cabal fashion will not allow me to use my Christian license. The biggest all churches almost all of them use CCLI. I have licenses for streaming authentic music um, to you, and uh, that's what we do four nights a week. And both both uh, YouTube and Facebook won't allow that because they have a money making scheme. And, uh, and they don't allow the Christians to use the normal licenses that you would use to stream at a church service or whatever, right? So copyright matches, they took away all 48,000 subscribers of, from, my, from me on Facebook. So I'm asking you to please, a uh, couple, couple things. Number one, if you're on Facebook or YouTube right now, please move over to Rumble. Okay, that's where we're going to be facing everything pretty soon. I'll probably just knock off the cabal platforms completely and you will only find me on Rumble, okay? Secondly, if you're on Rumble, please just take the link and share it on Facebook. So I can, we can, those people that are looking for me that used to watch it there, 40% um, of my views or so live would be on Facebook and then they knocked that down to about 10% of that. Um, but um, again, let's, uh, let's not let the cabal win and get this message out. Uh, anything you can do to, f to share this would be really appreciated. Let's dig into some, some of this news right now. A lot going on and it's exciting. Um, to see the right during their feast days, right? We're in the 10 days of awe right now. We're talking about that. But here it is. Breaking Pastor Art Pulowski set free after 60 days. Jail sentence allowed for time served. So it's Arter. Most people put an H in there. See, A-R-T-U-R. That's not a misspelling. That's right. It's Arter um, Pulowski, right? And uh, just so cool to see that he did not have to go back to jail. That is actually actually a fulfilled prophecy also from Julie Green. You can go back on our search tool if you're on Backstage. And you can um, go search on uh, Pastor Arp, and you will see uh, Julie said that he would never have to go back to jail again. And uh, that is pretty cool to see that come to fruition. Actually, Pastor Arp, when he was on here, talked about he has actually on a phone call with Julie talking about that. And she reiterated that to him. And sure enough, um, you know, some people pick at uh, some things that appear to be false prophecies of Julie. They, they ignore the hundreds and hundreds that, that are true. <laughs> And also ignore the fact that we have Hollywood as part of this this uh, this uh, actual cabal that does, does all kinds of things, and and we know for even from Q that we are watching a movie, right? So part of that, even though it's real world events that have huge terrible effects, right? The the cabal is using their movie capabilities of, of Hollywood to show us lies and propaganda and narratives, just like they do in the fault the fake news every single day. Right, so don't don't uh, don't remember don't forget that their their masks are incredible their their voice boxes their ability to do all kinds of things and I think that is all going to come out it's going to be exciting but here we are with Pastor Art it says Pastor Art practically was set free by that Lethbridge court judge after and this court this court judge hated him and they had all kinds of backroom deals they were trying to make with him to get him out of Canada trying to just get them out of his hair right because this guy's you know, saw communism when he came from Poland into Canada, and his his his, his inter if you missed the interview last week, go find that. Uh, just look at the Blessed Teach Show on Rumble. Go back, find Pastor Art, and you will see uh, just an incredible story this guy has. And he's a fighter, and he's and he he became a YouTube sensation when he was just taking a video of people trying trying to literally on Easter Sunday trying to tell him he couldn't have a service there, right and. 
Uh, he was calling this, calling them Nazis. Nazis, get out of here, Nazis, right? You probably remember that. But um, he received a 61-day sentence that allowed for time he'd already served in prison for mischief-related charges. What's mischief even, you know, when I interviewed his son and, his, and earlier his wife and his son together? Mischief, are you kidding me? It's like a... So it's, it's, it's like misinformation that, that the cabal uses, right? To just try to, to, to use the two-tiered justice system against their enemies, their political enemies. Um, stemming from his involvement in the Coates Border Freedom Protest. So literally, he's just, he gave his sermon. This is the first time ever there's been a guilty verdict for somebody giving a sermon, okay? And that is uh, the, it's just ridiculous. That's why he's appealing this, and he he's, um, wants this off his record completely. Right, so so this is this battle's not over, but the good news is he did not have to go back to jail, and that was what he was preparing for. They told him to get his. They were trying to bribe him with all these different things, and and they, he and he said nope, 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 and he put me in jail if if because I because I am not guilty, and, and this guilty charge is wrong. I am not leaving Canada. I'm staying here to fight for my my new country. I've been fighting for since I've been here. In May, Pawlowski was convicted of mischief for indicting truckers to maintain a blockade in Canada-U.S. border crossing during the truckers' anti-vaccine mandate protest that lasted for more than two weeks. Pawlowski delivered a sermon to the protesters at Couts and entering them to and, and encouraging them to continue protesting. Sentencing for conviction took place on Monday, where the judge gave him 60 days in prison time, retroactive to the time he'd already spent behind bars. So here's a little bit of, with, with Art talking, see if that's going to play for me. This is an, on X, so let me go to X, because it usually plays better on the, Twitter, the actual Twitter platform. But we are unbroken, like and we are stronger than ever. We started doing town halls. 250 people in yeah. Red Deer, packed yeah. house in Camrose, and I'm telling you, this is just the beginning. People are sick and tired of corrupted, flip-flopping political pancakes giving people diarrhea. They are sick and tired of politicians that tell you one thing in your face. You can hear the video? Yes, but not you, yes. We can do that. The video's playing over your voice. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yes, the video's playing over your voice. Okay, so I just have to get my monitoring on my ear right. So uh, this is Pastor Art, though. Good news. Guys, here we are. Pastor Art Flosky, um is is free. and uh, But you look at the way the, the fake news is, is, is um, they're pretty much ignoring it because they don't want you to know who he is. Um, but the ones that are covering it but pretty much say he's sentenced or he's a criminal right <laughs> for and so they don't talk about him being free uh, until they do it says Art Pulowski gets 60 day sentence for rolling Alberta border blockade right so they're trying to say guilty 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 he's already was essentially guilty this question was was he gonna have to go back to jail we pray that he wasn't and he didn't how exciting that is in fact, but Gus was saying it was the exact prayer we prayed that he would uh, not, uh, that at least he would get time served. And that's what he got. So we can be celebrating that um, as a, a real patriot, a person fighting um, this evil is actually telling truth and is going to continue to be able to tell truth. Hopefully we'll get him back down here in the U.S. for the reawaken tour. We'll see if that happens. Badner unveils massive government work program to fight global warming. Guys, this is America last policy by Biden. Biden, the climate corpse was to hire a diverse generation of 20,000 Americans to tackle climate change. No work experience required. <laughs> so this is another one of those entitlement programs that's coming through to just kill America. 
and also cause division. Because we know that the climate scientists are completely compromised. They, they, only, they only get published and only if they come up with the results that the cabal wants, which is saying, U.S. bad, everybody else good. And they allow these, like the Paris Climate Change and Accord that are completely um, anti-U.S. And, and kills our economy. While it lets China pollute all they want. Let's India pollute all they want. It just punishes the U.S. Because this is the 16-year plan to destroy America. They have to deploy all things. And here they are doing this here, hiring 20,000 people and going to pay them to basically spute um, propaganda out of their mouths, right? And so it's basically just like hiring a bunch of Antifa people is what it's going to end up being. That's the plan. It's not going to work for them, though. Trump's attorneys respond to the... The ludicrous DOJ briefing asking the judge to stay on. So Trump attorneys met the deadline to respond to the DOJ's brief asking Judge Tanya Kukan to to stay the case, stay on the case. So the so basically Jack Jack is Smith is saying stay on the case. I need you. I need you because you're the compromised judge we to be picked. And even though we know that she's compromised, um, and so we, we it's just amazing. Special Counsel Jack Smith is prosecuting the case against former president, charging him with four counts of conspiracy and obstruction of his actions in challenging the 2020 election results. Presiding over the case in Washington, D.C. is Judge Tanya Chukan, who is known for being harsh sentencer in the in several January 6, 21 related cases and is already ruled on. Defense attorneys argued that judge uh, this judge already has already made a presumption of President Trump's guilt based on, off of a number of statements she made when sentencing other cases. The OJ argued there was no valid basis for recusal because of all the statements were made during an official judicial duties and therefore could not be constituted as bias. So obviously you have a massively biased judge because of what she said. She was talking about how bad Trump was when she was sentencing other people. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting battle, and we'll keep our eyes on that. Hey, again, this, this episode is going to be sponsored by Aaron Annis Paintings. And so you can uh, there's going to be a link in, in the video right down below here. But you can actually get these prints for incredibly great price. He's got them down all the way uh, from the $149 to the $77 price. All the proceeds, by the way, will go to the BGT Ministries. Uh, but there's some beautiful paintings here. The one we covered last time was this uh, more authentic uh, look at the, at the Last Supper where they were on their left elbows, ate with their right hands, and then they were obviously around the table versus the silly paintings that show people like almost on, you know, all, all on the same side of the table, like looking for a picture. Uh, this is mo way more authentic for a number of reasons. He covered that in detail last time. Uh, beautiful painting, uh, paintings, printings that you can get. Uh, um, he's got his the crucifixion picture, which is a real popular one, as well as uh, the sower, the parable of the sower. I think he might be going over this one next time. I'm not sure exactly which one he's going to go over tonight. Um, but the, the, and this Mary uh, Magdalene painting, uh, very uh, authentic, and you'll see they all point to biblical scripture that he's going to go over in detail. So go to go to uh, this is Aaron Antis at the Shopify. Um, and so you'll see that it's A-A-R-O-N-A-N-T-I-S. You can just search on, on your search engine or find the link down below to get an Aaron Antis um, original painting um, print. Um, you think you'll really enjoy that. It's also, this is uh, episode is for this Java Boost Coffee. I was telling you guys, that this, this intermittent fasting is critical. The worst thing 
that uh, my wife was taught as a dietitian that the, the breakfast is the most important part of the day, which is a total lie. They've lied to us about everything, right? Like you should have 60% carbs. Well, if you really want a, a healthy coffee that is that tastes awesome, they hand us out the reawaken tours, and everybody loves them. And it's exploded. And I, I bought 10 bags, I told you, because I fell in love with this coffee so much. Now my daughter, no, my daughter is my, my wife does intermittent fasting too, so we don't eat morning. And this allows, this allows you to not, um, to appetite suppressant while you just enjoy beautiful coffee. And you don't even have to put sugar and cream and all that stuff in it because it's already, it's already got everything in it. You need it. It's got the, um, the, the, the sweet taste with a, with a cinnamon taste. It's, it's awesome. And it's got turmeric in there for, and ginger for your for inflammation. Again, it's got rich in omega-3s and 6 and uh, vitamins A, C's and E's. It's just really healthy, healthy coffee because of the, the uh, municinine, I don't know how to even say that, municinine seed oil, the organic pink fusion ginger powder. Next Thursday, we'll bring the guy in here to really talk about all this organic fusion turmeric. And this is, uh, again, all this is appetite control. It maintains proper kinogenics. It keeps you full saturated for hours. It's creamy and instant coffee that tastes delicious. You, uh, again, I just love this. You just use the hot water and put it in there and it is beautiful. Uh, and great for intermittent fasting. Helps you stay energized while boosting the metabolism. Now with blood sugar balancing ingredients. And so you guys, um, I, I love this stuff. I really believe if you try this, go buy two bags and you get 20% off two bags, right? So it's a much better deal for you. And uh, you get a lot more coffee for the money if you go to this and, they, and the link is down below. And you can go to the store on the neighborhood store on the blessedteach.com website and you'll see Cup of Health or Java Boost Coffee. Um, try that out. You guys will love it. I'll guarantee you. Here is Garland testifies he can't recollect contact with FBI headquarters about Hunter Biden probe. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just can't, I can't remember having any of this there. And so that kind of raises a lot of questions, right? Um, so this, this Mike Johnson pressed him in questions during the hearing of the House Judiciary Committee on Wednesday. And uh, you can go, go listen to that here. I won't be able to hear that, so I'll probably be a little confused if I try to play it. But let me see if I can do this. Come on, puppy, you can do it. Sometimes with their in a paper, it does not. And see if it'll jump to, to, to here. Here is it on X, what it'll, it'll play. Have here. you had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? Uh, don't re I, don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question, but the FBI works for the Justice Department. It's, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't recollect. You don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation of the president's son. I, I don't believe that I did. All right. And so it's interesting to see uh, Garland's going down. We've had prophetic, a lot of prophetic words against this guy. He's pretty much sided with the deep state. He was on the list, I think, with Trump as uh, a potential Supreme Court nominee. And so this guy's just turned turned dirty. Unfortunately, some of these people just uh, decide that when they get the threats from the cabal, they just cave into them. So whether he's a real evil person or he just caved into them or is being bribed, um, we just know that he has decided to go with the dark side. Fed declines to hike, but points to rates staying higher for longer. So here's the economy, it's gonna get killed again. Um, they didn't raise them this time, which is kind of surprising, but they've had so many, uh, as you know, we're all time high in, in, in the, the, the quickest increase ever that, that we've had. 
with them uh, raising over the last two years. And so this was a kind of surprise they did not do it again as they're trying to kill America. But again, they say, hey, we're just going to keep them up here forever. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's just so obvious. This is, but this is designed to wake people up, I believe, is why they're allowing this to happen, why the Lord's allowing this to happen. New York City may remove George Washington statues as part of new reparations plan. And so... Um, this this whole woke thing causes time and energy and just stupidity, and we continue to see that across these democratic cities. And here's uh, Merrick Garland testifies before the House Judiciary Committee. I just want to put this uh, this into here because this it was a little more detailed article. I think you'll enjoy. Los Angeles average gas prices top six dollars a gallon. So you can see the everything to, to to take down this economy. You know, taking the strategic oil reserves out. Um, it's 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 continue to just uh, hit this whole brandonomics has been become extremely obvious. Here's San Francisco hits a record overdose of deaths three per day from fentanyl. So um, you can just uh, and then this is all coming down to these whole sanctuary cities and what they've done to destroy these cities. It's becoming extremely obvious. Um, and here, school board votes to continue letting transgender students use whatever restrooms they want, and hundreds of high school students walk out of the class and protest. So this is pretty sweet to see all these hundreds of students, you know, basically um, standing up. About 400 students walked out of Perkiomen High School on Friday. The Delaware Valley Journal reported the school district is located just over an hour northwest of Philadelphia. So if young, these young kids are, are starting to wake up now. It's really exciting to see the Gen Zers and the millennials start to wake up and understand that America first is the way we need to go. Here's a, a video by uh, Phil Godlowski who, has, who gets massive views. Um, I, I take him with a grain of salt because of the amount of, I only know this, I, so my secret sources and nobody else reports on it, right? So, so I just don't trust people like that. And and he, and he, and he but he's making a ton of money selling you know, a lot of stuff. If you want to go follow him, <laughs> and so it's commercial after commercial after commercial on his Telegram, right? But uh, he's he. I told I, I reported on this two weeks ago when he first talked about this. Now this is supposedly a copy of the check. I talked about this twenty-one trillion dollar check. If this is true, this does show that the the Babylonian financial system is about ready to collapse, right? This talks about a twenty-one thousand dollar, twenty-one trillion dollar, twenty-one trillion with a T, right? Uh, check that was written to the U.S. Treasury from this Hong Kong Shanghai Banking Corporation, right? That basically pays off the U.S. debt because the thirty trillion that we're in, all of it's not recoverable, and supposedly. He's saying that this is the copy of this private issue, and uh, this $21 trillion is, is, is the beginning and the end, where it didn't go to the Federal Reserve, it went to the U.S. Treasury, and then there's going to be um, all kinds of liens put on states and big corporations where they can't operate unless they come to the U.S. government. Uh, that's going to be a big part of this transition from... Not, not to the Great Reset, but into God's Reset, right? So again, th this is a time to make sure that you don't miss out on the banking collapse where they have derivatives on all the precious metals, which are basically shorting and, 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 and artificially pushing down gold and silver. And uh, that when that cap comes off, that's when it blasts up, right? And so you want to make sure you get your free consultation from Kirk Elliott at kirkelliottphd.com slash B2T. I've talked about this a lot, guys, because because that's why I've done five transactions with this guy. 
He's honest. He only does a front-end transaction, and you always want a front-end commission, not a back-end commission on something that goes up, obviously, right? And a lot of these gold and silver dealers have back-end commissions. You never want to do that. Use an honest guy that loves the Lord and loves you, and that's Kirk Elliott, Ph.D., and his, his, his company. Easiest way to do is just call. There's a link down below, but 720-605-3900, 720-605-3900. Don't miss this. This is for international people as well. Make sure you understand how precious metals could could either either um, assure that you are diversified, or at least that you can take some advantage of some of this potential um, upside of once the derivatives collapse from the Babylonian financial system. Not to mention it's liquid. Not to mention that it's just an overall smart investment when it come, when you just look at the value of gold and silver over time versus the dollar. There's a, it's just night and day. And plus, cash and bank is, 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 is a scary thing right now. So, uh, and, and bonds and stocks, are you kidding me guys? This is, this is, this is not a time you wanna, you wanna be invested in those when you have a Trump economy, not a Brandonomics economy, right? So, so it just, just makes one sense. Please call Kurt at 720-605-3900. Do not miss this, guys. If that $21 trillion check is, is true, we have very little time left. All right, Julie did have a prophetic word today. I don't know if I have much time to get through this. Aaron's going to be on any second, but uh, I'll just read a part of it. Arise, children of Almighty God. Arise in me. Arise with me. Arise in me. I have many things to show you, and I have much for you to do. My children, you all have assignments. You all have specific things that have to do, to have to be fulfilled before the end comes. So my children, ask me in private times with me. I don't anybody who's following the words that the Lord's been giving me over the last month will see this is almost exact, right? I'm obviously uses different type of language with me. Um, so my but but it's like he's saying the exact same thing that he wants you to come to him and you will heal specific instructions for you, right? Everyone and I even I think that some of the words even even talked about um, they're going to be different for everybody, right? So my children, ask me in private times with me. I will show you exactly what you have been put on this earth earth for. Every one of you have been put here for such a time as this. You may not believe it right now or understand it right now. All of you have a special part. I need all my children united in one accord. This glory, when it's poured out, there are no limitations to it. Now, he's made it clear to me it's not everybody. It's, it's, it's the remnant. It's those that are spending time with him. It's those that are in the word, those, those that are worshiping him. Right? Those three things are critical. So if you want to be part of this movement and have his glory come through you, what do you have to do? You have to be listening to him. He can't give you instructions if you don't know the word. He can't give you instructions if you're not thinking like him or his, you know his, his ways, not your ways. Right? That means you need to be in worship. You need to be in the word of God, maybe doing some memorization, getting in your heart, and making sure that you are spending time with him alone to listen to his still small voice telling you what to do. And if you look at my blog on the neighborhood, neighborhood.social, look at the blog, I even have specific instructions about how to make sure you hear directly from the Lord, right? So uh, Julie's word here, and we'll get to the rest of that at a later time as Aaron Antis is in the house. I just want to get a thumbs up from him when his volume's working, he's ready to go. All right, so Aaron, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing awesome. Now that now you can even see me now that I have the plastic off my 4K camera that I've had on there for the last month. 
Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> I had this 4K camera. I was wondering why I didn't look as good as everybody else. So, <laughs> but right. uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right. So it's so great to have you back on. I know it's been probably a couple months, and I think I was sick with strep throat last time you were scheduled. So thanks, thanks for rescheduling yeah. with us. But, yeah, no problem. I'm glad you're doing better. Yeah, doing doing great. Hey, before we get into the painting, I'd love to hear your just take on the momentum of the Reawaken Tour and just the guests you're getting in there. Can you comment a little bit about what's going on with that? Oh, yeah. It has been so phenomenal. I mean, the, the momentum going into each event is just getting better and better. We're getting more engagement from more people who are, you know, the truth tellers, the truth seekers out there. You know, obviously we got Eric Trump, Don Jr. was at the last one, Laura Trump, Cash Patel, Peter Navarro, I mean, Mike Lindell, you name it, Dr. Peter McCullough. We've got all of the people that are sort of the core of President Trump's team are all getting involved and in being a part of our tour and coming and speaking from our stage. The great thing about it, if you go to timetofreeamerica.com, that's timetofreeamerica.com, you can get tickets there and I'm going to tell you about something kind of cool a little bit later that you can do to get entered to win a backstage pass at our next event, which is going to be in Miami at Trump Doral in October. So um, that's coming up. But basically, um, I mean, there's just so much momentum. All of the core team that's around President Trump every day is involved in our events and coming and speaking from our stage. And you know, the great thing about it is you can name your own price when you come to one of our events. We don't want anybody to not be able to come to it. So it literally is a name your own price. And, um, you know, it's just, it's so amazing. Now, we also have just scheduled our December event, which is going to be in Tulare, California. Yes, there is a town called Tulare in California, believe it or not. And uh, it's apparently Two Larry started it, I'm guessing. I don't know. It's called Two Larry. So, um, but uh, it's actually not spelled that way, but um, dad jokes, sorry. But um, <laughs> Larry, California, that's gonna be our December event. And um, we are just excited about it. There's so much momentum going into this next year and uh, going into 2024, as we all know, it's gonna be a very pivotal year for our nation. And um, so I'm just excited about what's happening right now. And, you know, I think it's the only event, I know it's the only event in, in really the whole world that combines like all these truth tellers, you know, that are trying to help our nation and patriotic people out there along with the prophetic gifts, the pastoral gifts, the evangelist. I mean, it is like coming to a revival. That's what it's like. Yeah. And it is amazing. I remember when I stepped off the stage at the first event that Clay and I threw it together in 45 days and we were like, we're going to have this event. And, you know, I mean, you know what it was like. It's just like, bam, we had it. And I stepped off the stage and somebody turned to me and said, I thought I was coming because at that time we called it the Health and Freedom Conference. Mm -hmm. They said, I thought I was coming to the Health and Freedom Conference. Turned out I was coming to a revival. And that is what it's like at our events. So it's just exciting, man. We are pumped up for this next event. We actually, a very interesting new guest speaker. I mean, you, you guys know last time we had Roseanne Barr. You know, Roseanne came and spoke from the stage and gave her testimony, um, which you should go back and watch if you haven't seen that. That's pretty amazing. Um, we had a new Trump impersonator. 
Um, but at this next event, we're going to have Barack Obama's brother, Malik Obama, is going to be speaking at the next event. That is going to be interesting. Um, Clay has already told me. Aaron, I'm pretty sure because Clay is going to interview him from the stage. Okay. And Clay, he doesn't know what questions Clay is going to ask him. <laughs> and Clay told me, he said, Aaron, I'm pretty sure we're going to break the internet when we do this interview live from the stage. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. That is, quite, that is quite exciting to see what you guys will be doing there. And then uh, yeah. we see here in the Tulane one, um, this again is in International RV Center and uh, yep. Tulare, California, and yep. uh, that's interesting too. So international. Yeah, artists. we're gonna. That was actually set up by um, Devin Nunez. A uh, uh, contact through Devin Nunez. He's oh, the one really? who helped awesome. us set that event center. So that's gonna be great. I mean, California is not real friendly to people that mm -hmm. say the things we say from the stage. So. Uh, we were very blessed to have that, you know, just that favor with Devin to get, you know, him to connect us with them. So, right, and Don Jr. went was there in uh, Las Vegas as well. So, I imagine Trump Doral is a is, is John, John Jr. I mean, we have Eric Trump already, but now it's just the inner circle and Cash Patel is going to be there. It's exciting stuff. Yep, yep. Don Jr., um, Eric, Laura Trump, Devin Nunez, Cash Patel. Uh, Peter Navarro, they will all be at this one in Trump Doral. So right, right. So so go to timetofreeamerica.com, and uh, you'll be able to see how to get to the tickets. And you can use the B2T code; they'll give you a discount on that. But but also, I wanted to mention that if you are struggling financially, you can also name your own price for the tickets. What a great uh, service that uh, Clay is giving. So we, we appreciate you and Clay and what you're doing on the Reawaken tour. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, I actually just left Clay's office and drove over to back to my house to jump on with you guys today. So I literally just got done podcasting with him and jumped over here. So yeah, we appreciate you. We appreciate you for sure. So 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 let's get a little bit into uh, these paintings. And for those of who may have missed you a couple months ago, can you give us a little bit of background on where these came from? Yeah, absolutely. So um, originally, the way this started, my dad was a wildlife artist. He was a painter who painted deer and ducks and moose and elk and anything that had fur or feathers. That was what my dad did for a living. He painted paintings of them. And in fact, um, some people might be familiar with an organization called Ducks Unlimited or Whitetails Unlimited. Um, these are big organizations. And my dad was the national artist of the year for them he had paintings in galleries and museums all over the country he's a pretty famous wildlife artist and um, then all of a sudden um, he came into a place in his life where you know he he um, he started to move away from wildlife and into painting more of a biblically based um, uh, painting when he did a, a series of um, studies on prayer and on Daniel, if you're going to study prayer, you're going to probably study Daniel. So he was deep into the book of Daniel, and he decided he was going to paint a painting of Daniel in the lion's den, which is actually kind of like a fusing together of wildlife, because there's lions in it, which he had painted before, and Daniel in prayer. And so he, that was the first painting he ever did that kind of crossed over into that. And, um, and then right after that... Um, my dad had a whole bunch of health problems where he went into um, 
basically uh, had, had a bunch of heart attacks. He had um, somewhere between 30 and 40 heart attacks in a period of three days. Wow. He kept thinking, he thought he was having back pain, actually. I remember this. I was like 13 years old, and he thought he was having severe back pain, and he kept going to the chiropractor. Well, finally, after the third chiropractor uh, visit in a day, the chiropractor was like, uh, Mr. Antis, it's not your back. I think you need to go to the hospital. So he went to the hospital. They immediately take him into the cardiac unit, and they're like, you're having a heart attack right now. And then they found out he had had 30 to 40 heart attacks over a three-day period of time. Wow. And they told him, they said, they brought our entire family into his, his um, hospital room. I still vividly remember this. I was in seventh grade. I'm 13 years old. We go in. And my dad was my whole world. I mean, yeah. I, my dad was, to, I'm kind of spoiler alert here, but later on, my dad was the best man at my wedding, if that helps <laughs> you understand how close we were. So, um, but anyways, they, uh, they told my dad that he had probably 24 to 48 hours to live because his heart was so severely damaged, there was nothing they could do for mm -hmm. him. And this was back in the day when like heart transplants were just starting to be a thing. I think there had been two in the whole world. Um, and even a bypass was like a very rare thing. So the doctors told him that and he called for the elders of the church, like it says in the book of James, to come and lay hands on him, anoint him with oil, pray the prayer, prayer of faith, and they did that that night in my dad's hospital room. Well, I was young. I didn't really understand everything that was going on, but I do remember what they wrote on my dad's chart two days later when they released him from the hospital without a surgery. What they wrote was unexplainable phenomenon. Wow. <laughs> and so um, anyways, uh, years later, 20 years later, the the head of cardiology awesome. at, at that hospital actually got saved in my dad's art studio because he came back to talk to my dad because he could not understand what happened to my dad. Mm -hmm. it, had it had like haunted him, so to speak, for 20 years. And finally, he sought my dad out, came to him and asked him what happened. And my dad just said, it was God. And he, wow. he led him to the Lord right there in my, in my dad's art studio. So that pretty cool awesome. story. But anyways, so that kind of started it. But then um, in 1989, my dad had an open vision where he saw the hand of Christ appeared in front of his face. Um, we were standing in, I was with him this morning. We were, that morning, we were standing in the um, lobby of the church that we went to. And my dad saw the hand of Jesus with the nail through it in front of his face. And it kind of freaked him out. I remember he kind of started freaking out. He thought everybody was seeing it. Yeah. But apparently, obviously, he was the only person seeing it. And so he kind of quickly realized, okay, other people are not seeing this. And that's that crucifixion painting you see there. And see the hand that's kind of reaching out at you? That's all he saw was that little hand. Mm -hmm. Like just that, that hand just up to the wrist. And then over the next hour as he sat through the church service, he had his eyes closed and he said it slowly kept revealing more and more of what you see of that full image there of Jesus on the cross. And so my dad jokingly tells the story. He went home, prayed about it. The Lord told him he should paint it. 
And so he immediately obeyed him, and two years later he painted the painting. <laughs> so he, he, um, he sketched it out the fr first. <laughs> he did sketch it out. It took him two years to get it painted. But um, so the funny thing is, he finishes painting that, and that Christmas, uh, the year he finished painting it, he's had a family friends right down the street from the house I grew up in, and um, he has a second vision. They're sitting there. It's a Christmas party, and they're they were good Lutherans, you know, mm -hmm. so they had hymnals at their houses. And he, they all had hymnals, and they were sitting there singing Christmas songs, and they were singing Away in a Manger. And my dad said when he turned in the hymnal to that page, in the upper right-hand corner, there was a, like a little sketch, a tiny little sketch of Joseph and Mary next to the manger, you know, with baby Jesus. And they were, you know, they started to sing the song. And my dad said, as soon as he looked at that little sketch, he said it was like the floor opened up underneath him. He said it was like he could see down into the basement of the home. And what he was seeing was the scene of the nativity of Christ. And he literally said it was like a live scene, like he was there watching it happen. And that's the painting that you see there in front of you right now of the nativity. And so he quickly realized, hey, I'm having another vision here. He took a piece of paper out, an eight and a half by 11 sheet of blank paper and started sketching it out. And I actually still have that sketch in my possession to this day. Wow. So um, that became this painting. And just to give you an idea of how big this painting is, I know it looks, you know, it's hard to tell when you're looking on the internet. The original painting there in its frame is about 10 feet wide and about five feet tall and it weighs 286 pounds wow it's massive and um so that was you know my dad goes home you know prays about bad and he immediately knows I, I need to go paint this so he painted that one and then he said lord what do you want me to do with this and the lord said i've shown you my son's birth and i've shown you his death now i want you to paint the reason for both and so that started my dad on what took another 10 years. The, the one to, each of the first two took him about a year to paint. The last 10 took him 10 more years. So he spent the last 12 years, what ended up being the last 12 years of his life, painting this series of paintings on the life of Christ and um, finished those. And, and not too long after that, he passed away and uh, obviously went to be with Jesus. So way too young, but um, yeah, so that's what became of these paintings. Now, the interesting story is he passes away. I'm living in a different state. My mom started having memory issues. Uh, we come back a few months later and we're all trying to figure out where these paintings are. We couldn't find the paintings. Like nobody knew where they were. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'll make a long story short and just let you know, I got prompted by the Holy Spirit to go find these paintings when we started doing the re reawaken events. And I started making a lot of phone calls. I mean, I called so many people, Rick, looking for these paintings. <laughs> and um, ended up, I finally got a hold of a guy. He said, Aaron, the prints of these paintings are in the basement of the church that your parents went to, and they've been there for 20 plus years. Wow. And he said, but you better call them right away because I heard they're like, in three days, they're auctioning them off because they need to get them out of their basement. Uh -huh. So I called the church. 
And the lady's like, oh my gosh, we've been trying to find somebody we could get these to. We were about to auction them. You need to take them. We don't want them. We just want them out of here. They've been there for 20 plus years. And so long story short, I said, Clay, I need somewhere to put these prints. And he said, brother, bring them to my office. We got plenty of space. So they are literally in the Thrive Time Show world headquarters here in Tulsa in Clay's office. And uh, we got them here like three days later. And um, what a blessing that those didn't disappear forever. No, and didn't. so you can actually go to, you know, I, I run a company called Shaw Homes. And so you can go to our website, which is shawhomes.com forward slash paintings. And if you go to that website, you can get those um, prints there. So shawhomes.com forward slash paintings. And um, when you go to that, it will take you right to where all those prints are. And we're giving a special price to anybody that is, you know, part of this broadcast. We're going to do something really cool. A print is only going to be seventy-seven dollars because you know it's got to have seven in it. It's the number. Yeah, of I like it. <laughs> so seventy-seven dollars, and on top of that, anybody who gets one of these prints through your show, through watching your show, they're going to be entered in to win a backstage pass to the next Reawaken America tour. All they can right. come backstage, meet Don Jr., meet Eric Trump, meet all the speakers, whoever they want to meet, Amanda Grace, whoever it is they want to meet backstage. And um, so anybody who gets a print will be entered in for a drawing for that. So $77, shawhomes.com forward slash paintings. And uh, all of the proceeds from any of the prints goes directly into the kingdom of God and um, I don't keep any of it I don't keep I have a good job I make a good living doing what I do so um, anyway so that's that's kind of in a nutshell how all that happened that's awesome thank you so much and then um, any one of these other paintings you want to kind of kind of blow into or, or, or review I know there's beautiful there's Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many neat things in all these. That one right there that you're showing, that is called Mary on Saturday. It's my favorite of all the prints, actually. Mm. And the reason it is, is because I don't think people ever think about this. But, like, think if you were the only person on earth that 100% knew for sure that Jesus was who he said he was. Like, nobody but Mary knew for sure. I mean, even Joseph didn't know he was virgin born. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, I'm trusting you, girl, but I don't know, girl. You know what I mean? Nah. He's probably sitting there going, yeah. I think you're telling me the truth. But, you know, I did have to have an angel tell me that you are telling the truth. So, <laughs> you know, even Mary, even Joseph, like, didn't know 100% for sure, right? So, but Mary knew. And then she watched him all through his life, all the miracles, all the amazing things that happen, and here she is. It's called Mary on Saturday. Here she is in between the day of the crucifixion and the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So think about this. She knows all the promises of God about this coming Messiah. I mean, she's a devout Jew, right? She knew all the prophecies about the coming Messiah. She watched him fulfill them all. She knew what the angel said to her about who he was. And here she is in between all the promises of God, and it looks like all hope is lost, but she hasn't gotten to Sunday morning yet where the fulfillment happens of the resurrection. 
And so she's kind of in that place in between the promise of God and the fulfillment when it's that hard place. And isn't that such a perfect snapshot of what faith is? Mm -hmm. It's like, I know what God said to me, but it seems so hard right now, and I haven't seen the fulfillment yet. But the one thing I know is that God is faithful. And if you see there, she's got a window behind her that's closed, but you can tell from the sun on her face that there's a door that's open in front of her. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, when a window closes, a door opens in front, and it happens to be a thing called resurrection, and it's coming, and not too long for her, right? So Amen. just such a cool snapshot painting. I love that painting. Um, one of the other ones I really like, just because it's so unique, is the Bride of Christ, which is the only one that's like an allegorical picture. And the Bride of Christ is, um, you know, it's the concept of who we are, as the body of believers, right? We are the bride of Christ. He is the bridegroom. And if you notice, she's sitting there, and in the background you can see the clock behind her, and it's one second until midnight. Ah. They kind of show where we are in the history of things. Like, we are one second till midnight. And if you notice, she's got that lamp next to her with her oil in it and her wick trimmed. This comes from Matthew where, you know, the parable of the ten wise and the ten foolish virgins. And then, um, but she's got her lamp full of oil and she's got the wick trimmed. And you notice she kind of has her ear turned as if she hears somebody coming mm -hmm. to the door that's behind her. Because, behold, the bridegroom cometh, he's even at the door, right? So mm -hmm. this is such a cool allegorical painting about where we are in the history of the church. And we are the Bride of Christ. Notice her shirt is like a pearlescent color because she is the pearl of great price from that parable. I mean, there's so much depth inside of each one of these paintings. There's so many things that we can teach on in all these paintings because the one thing I learned about when my dad changed his subject matter of what he painted, he used to paint wildlife. Then he started painting subject matter eternal life. <laughs> and isn't that what we all do? We all go from a wildlife to eternal life when we turn our lives over to him. And what's so cool about when he changed that is it's like it went from being painted by the hand of my father to being paintings that are painted by the hand of God. Because there are so many things in these paintings my dad didn't mean to paint, <laughs> didn't even know he painted. He just painted what he felt like the Lord showed him. And years later, people would come back and say, did you mean to put this in your painting? And my dad was like, nope, never even realized I had put that in. And they, and they would bring something to him from Scripture, and it would just be such a confirmation for him on things. I mean, so, so cool, just all the things God put into this. And, you know, if you, if you want, I can come back another time and, like, touch on some of these other ones so you can get the full story of each of them. But... Um, I could go on for two hours on each one, so I'll try not to do that tonight. So I yeah. mean, some of you might have to sleep tonight, after all. So yeah, well, uh, we we did have allocated that if you have the whole hour, we can go a little bit longer, and then we can open up for yeah. questions backstage. So do you want to you want to try to cover just a couple more of these puppies? And uh, well, there's a yeah, beautiful. Yeah. You know what I would love to do tonight, Rick? I would love to pull up the parable of the sower painting. Okay. That one, to me, um, it's just, 
I've really been sort of the Lord has brought me back to this parable of the sower one, and I've just kind of been camping out on this. Back this morning in my quiet time, the last couple of days in the, my quiet time, that's all I've been kind of reading and focusing in on is this parable of the sower. And, you know, I'll give you kind of the pictorial perspective here, and then I'll, I'll go into a little bit of teaching on it. But um, if you kind of back out and see the whole painting, um, you'll notice there that Jesus is, of course, in the center of the painting. He's in the middle of all those people, and he is the sower sowing the seed, right? And the seed is the word of God. And if you notice, the shape of the ground that he's kind of like standing in the middle of is in the shape of a heart. And it's in the shape of a heart because that's what the, the seed goes into, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the seed being the word of God gets sown into ground, which is our heart, right? We know that from the parable. And so my dad painted this and he kind of made it into that shape. But then if you zoom in there um, to Jesus, you'll kind of see part of the ground is cracked. And just to the down and to the right of where Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And because that's just showing, you know, the Our Father God's <laughs> that need that need the seed. Father God's heart is is oh. broken because you know so few people are good ground for His Word, right? And then um, as you kind of go around in this crowd, and when you you've got this painting in your home, you can see it up close. But there's four different groups of people represented in the painting, and so there's like the lower left the upper left, the upper right, and the lower right quadrants are the four different types of people. Mm-hmm. And um, it might be a little hard to see over the internet, but there is there are four different types of people represented here just like that parable has. Mm. Now, one of the things that's really interesting about this parable of the sower, and I think you know probably a lot of the people watching right now know this parable from Matthew chapter 13. I think what a lot of people don't know about this parable is this was a very, very pivotal moment in the ministry of Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you go back and look at the book of Matthew, okay, Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 37, is where a massive shift in Jesus' ministry happened. It literally was like a parting of the seas moment of Jesus' ministry. And the reason in chapter 13, the very next chapter, that he starts teaching in parables is because of what happens in Matthew 12, 22 through 37. So if you look at what he did prior to this moment, he was going to the house of Israel, right? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. We've heard him say it. He's trying to share with them, hey, I came for you. I'm here for you, the lost sheep of Israel, of the house of Israel. And he was trying to show them signs and wonders so that they could see that he was who he said he was. He was teaching them very plainly. If you remember the the Sermon on the Mount, it's very straightforward teaching. It's not like a parable where you're going, what are you talking about, you know, in a parable? It's very straightforward teaching. Um, And then Matthew 12, 22 through 37 happens. And basically what happens here is um, Jesus comes up to this moment And there were only a few types of signs that um, would reveal to Israel that Jesus was who he said he was. There were a few messianic things that the rabbis of that day, 
knew this is all, these types of things are only done by the Messiah. One of them is um, that they would cast out demons from someone who did not state what the name of the demon was. Mm. So rabbis could cast out a demon. They would ask him what their name was, and he would cast them out. If you remember the Gadarean demoniac situation with Jesus, he says, my name is Legion, for we are many, right? And he casts them out by his name. But a dumb person or a mute person who could not speak could not say the name of the demon. And, you know, in rabbinical teaching, they knew that only the Messiah could cast that kind out. Well, if we go to this story here in verse 22, it says, Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. You KJV? What's that? Are you using the KJV? Uh, let's see here. What did I pull this up? It's in my notes, so I believe it is uh, in New King James. I think. Okay, okay. I'll, just, I'll just grab that. That's typically all, all I use. So, um, And it says in verse 23, And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? Okay, the phrasing there, Is this not the son of David? That is a phrasing, Is this not the true Messiah? They wouldn't have called him the son of David because the Messiah was going to be from the lineage of David, right? So that is them saying, All these Jews are standing there and they go, Look, he just cast the devil out of this person who was dumb, could not speak, and so therefore he must be the son of David. Because in their day, I think we miss it in the context of our day, but in their day they immediately saw that and said, this is the Messiah. And so then the next verse it says in 24, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. So literally... I just want us to get the context here, okay? No one on the face of earth ever, ever has been completely filled with the Spirit of God up to this point, except for Jesus. Now, the anointing could rest on the king or the priest or the prophet in the Old Testament, rest on, not be filled with, right? So Jesus is the only human ever to be filled with the Spirit of God, and he's standing here, and what do they say? The literal opposite of it. This man must be filled with the spirit of Satan. Literally, they think he's possessed with Satan when he's clearly possessed by the spirit of God. And the only person ever to have done this. This is such a slap in the face oh, yeah. of God. You could not insult him any more than this. Yes. Right? So they literally say that to him, and Jesus knew their thoughts in verse 25, and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And so he kind of rebukes them here. And then I'm going to drop down to verse 31. It says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto them. <clears throat> he literally says, this is the unpardonable sin at this point. Right. They are accusing him of being filled with the spirit of Satan when he's filled with the spirit of God. And so this is a moment that is a game changer. 
Now, if I drop down to verse 34, he says, O generation of vipers. And this word generation starts appearing in Scripture, in the Gospels, from here forward. He starts referring to them as a generation of vipers. And he tells them that basically this is a generational sin across all of Israel. And at this point, he is done speaking to the house of Israel. And he no longer goes and tries to prove who he is to them or to even teach them from this point forward. He pivots and goes in the very next chapter, in chapter 13, he changes his form of teaching. And he literally, have you guys ever seen like the old, like, like um, Adam West Batman shows, like back when you were a kid or when I was a kid anyways, like, and they would have Riddler. You know, uh -huh. come on, the Riddler. Uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus literally turns around and he's like, mm, riddle me this. You know, he's like, let me throw a riddle at you that you totally don't understand. I can just imagine, like, Peter and John and the disciples who were all, like, telling all their friends, like, dude, you got to come check out this guy, Jesus, man. Like, he is the best Bible teacher, <laughs> the best scripture teacher you've ever seen in your life. You're going to love it. Everything he says is so clear. He's so articulate, and then all of their friends show up in chapter 13, and they're like scratching their head like, he just gave us a riddle. Like, what is he talking about? I don't even understand what he said, you know. I could just imagine their embarrassment yeah. at having invited their friends to hear this. But here's what Jesus said from this point forward. He said, I will no longer go to the house of Israel, because the next thing they said is, give us a sign. Mm -hmm. the, the Jews said, you need to give us a sign that you're the Messiah. And he said, from this point forward, the only sign I will give you is the sign of Jonah. Mm -hmm. Okay? And the sign of Jonah is resurrection. So I'm going to back up and say there's three occurrences here that Jesus is involved in with resurrection. One is Lazarus. The next one is the one he's going to do himself, which is him. Mm-hmm. Then the third one is going to be from Revelation chapter 13, which is the two witnesses in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. That's coming yet in the future, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you know if you know your Bible, what happens in chapter 13 is the two witnesses, everybody hates them, the Jews hate them, they're trying to witness to everybody, and, and they're there in Jerusalem, and they're killed, and then three days later, what happens? They're resurrected, and that's the moment at which... The sign of Jonah that Jesus promised, they go, oh, he was who he said he was way back there. That will be the moment when the Jews recognize Jesus for who he is. It comes right on the heels of the abomination of desolation that Jesus talks about here in Matthew chapter 24, not too far from where we're at. So, or Daniel talked about in scripture. So it's a very pivotal, very interesting moment, but... I want to like talk about what these parables are. So chapter 13 comes and the, the most amazing thing happens. Jesus goes, you know what? I just got to go talk to the disciples that I've called because these other, these Jews are not listening. And I just got to go talk to these disciples and I got to work with them and I got to work with the Gentiles. Can everybody who's on this broadcast right now just go praise God? Because <laughs> no. that's how you and I got in on this thing. Amen. Right there. Yep. You know what? He's still working with the disciples. <laughs> You're one of them. I'm one of them. Like, what a blessing. He's working with us. And when he speaks to us in parables, 
we have that same spirit of God living on the inside of us so that we've got the key. We can decode this thing, right? <laughs> I mean, what a blessing that we have that. That is so amazing. I mean, everybody through the entire Old Testament, all they ever wanted was to be able to be in the presence of God. You guys, we have the presence of God on the inside of us. I mean, praise God. Mm. What a blessing. Amen. So so he's working with his disciples still, and that means you and me, right? Mm -hmm. And so he goes through and he starts teaching in parables from this point, and he gives 40 parables, and he calls them the kingdom parables. But then with the parable of the sower, what does he say about that one? Hey, if you don't know this parable, you're not going to know anything about how the kingdom of God works. Mm -hmm. This is the key that unlocks everything you'll ever know about the kingdom of God. And let me just tell you, let me let me prove this to you real quick, okay? I'm going to I'm going to flip over real quick. Let's go over to the painting of the temptation, okay? So the painting of the temptation um you know, it's the temptation of Christ. We have this from, you know, earlier in the chapter, right? And it's in a couple different places. It's in, I like the version in Mark chapter 4, but it's in a bunch of different places, right? So Jesus is being tempted by who? The devil, right? Mm -hmm. So the devil comes to him, and the devil gives him his word. Oh, somebody's about to get a revelation that's going to change their life if you're listening right now, okay? The devil comes to Jesus and gives him his word, right? Mm -hmm. We think, oh yeah, I can, I can receive God's word. I can read or hear God's word and it produces fruit in my life. Here's Jesus at the temptation and the devil says, let me sow my seed in your heart and see what happens. He's like, that other version, that other Adam I met before, I did this with him and look what I got, right? I came to him with my word, the devil's thinking, my word was twisting God's word. And when I got him to accept it and be good ground and take it into his heart, what happened? All of mankind had the curse come upon it, right? It changed the whole world. And he's thinking, oh, now I'm really going to take over because here comes another Adam and I'm going to try and sow my seed into his heart, right? So he comes with this seed and he tries to sow it in his heart. But Jesus is bad ground for the devil. He ain't <laughs> accepting that, right? He's like, that's going to be rejected right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. And he says, oh, no, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God, mm -hmm. right? He says, man shall not live but by the parable of the sower. I mean, you could interpret it that way, could you not? Mm -hmm. Every word that comes from God, that's what man lives by. And so he literally rejects him with the parable of the sower. I find that a very interesting... See, the temptation that we go through in life is the reverse of the parable of the sower. It's whose voice are you going to be good ground for? Are you going to be good ground for what God says about your life? Or are you going to be good ground for what the devil says about your life? Because trust me, he comes to you just like it says in Ephesians chapter 6. It says that he sends the fiery darts of the wicked one, right? And we use the shield of faith to quench 
the fiery darts. The fiery darts are the thoughts when he comes to us, just like he came to Jesus and he tries to get these thoughts in our head of, you know, and it might come from like innocent thoughts like, well, you know, my my mom died from cancer when she was in her 50s, so I'm going to die from cancer in my 50s. That's the devil trying to see mm-hmm. if you're good ground for his word, yeah. right? He's throwing that fiery dart, but the shield of what you believe, you could say, the shield of faith is, you know, faith is just another word for what you believe. The shield of faith can quench the fiery darts of the wicked mm-hmm. one. So this is just a reversal of the parable of the sower, right? So let's go back onto the good side of this. Let's go back to the parable of the sower for a minute here. So Matthew chapter 13 in verse 1, I'm going to read this to you because I just told you about that whole pivotal moment of them not recognizing and having this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Verse 1 of chapter 13, it says, on the same day, same day as what? Same day as the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. On the same day, Jesus went, where did I tell you he was trying to speak to prior to this? To the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Here it says Jesus went out of the house. Out of the house of Israel. This is so awesome, the economy of Scripture and how God is saying so much more than we think he is. He literally is saying, I went out of the house. I was done talking to the house of Israel at this point and sat by the sea. If you know the word, you go to the book of Revelation when he's talking about the sea, it's the Gentiles. Gentiles, the people, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he literally says, I'm out of the house of Israel and now I sat by the sea of the Gentiles and I'm going to the disciples, man. I'm working with my disciples from this point. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that are going to help me get this word to the whole world. And that's what we're doing. So, and then it says, and great multitudes were gathered together with him so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. By the way, which one do you want to be, hundred, sixty, or thirty? Hundred. Okay, I'm going to go for hundred. Why not, right? And think about it this way. You can be that with the enemy, too. Like some, You ever meet people who it's like, everything goes wrong for these people? <laughs> They're a hundredfold soil for the devil's word mm-hmm. and all the thoughts he attacks them with. Don't be that person, right? Mm-hmm. So, And then the disciples came to him and said, dude, why do you speak to them in parables? <laughs> okay, that's modern, right? But <laughs> like, guys, why, like, Lord, why are you speaking to them in parables? He answered and said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it's not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, sometimes people can read this and go, man, that's kind of cold. Like, he won't let them know what's going on. Like, why would he do that? 
Let me give you another example from Scripture where God does this, because he does it a lot, actually. And this will kind of open your eyes a little bit. The children of Israel are running from Pharaoh's army and in, in, you know, going out into the wilderness. What went before them? The pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. And the people on the inside were completely protected, but the people on the outside of it, they couldn't even see what was going on inside of there, right? This is just like the parables. He's like, the people who aren't supposed to be here aren't going to be here. They're not going to get it. But the people on the inside, they're going to be protected by my word. They're going to know what's going on in the kingdom of God. I'm going to bring blessings on them, right? So the the knowing and not knowing is kind of like that pillar of fire and that pillar of cloud, right? Kind of interesting how he does this. He even does it in the natural world. I'll give you an example. There are fruits, you know, like a coconut that have a very hard shell on the outside. And so a lot of animals can't get to the inside. But on the inside is the precious fruit, right? Same thing here. We are the precious fruit. We're on the inside, man. We can hear what God is saying because we've got the good stuff on the inside. We got the Holy Spirit to open it up to us. So he says in verse 13, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And so, you know, and really you can hear his frustration in verse 15, because he says, for, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes, they've closed. You know, I just have a caution for those who are listening. Man, soften your heart to what God is saying. Like, this is not just like to them, guys. We can find ourselves on the outside not hearing from him. We have mm-hmm. got to soften our hearts. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm drinking out of my little I am saved mug that my <laughs> wife got me. I love awesome. this mug. And uh, I'm drinking out of this mug, and the coffee was really hot when my wife brought it to me. You can sear your mouth so that you can't taste things, you know, if you drink something too hot. We can do this when we don't heed God's word and we're not good soil. We become hard ground and we miss the things that God's trying to say to us. But in verse 16, we can be this person. It says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets, many prophets, you guys, and righteous men desired to see what you see. Literally the people on this broadcast. He just said, Daniel wished he could have seen this. Isaiah wished he could have seen this. Jeremiah wished he could have seen this. But no, I saved this for you. You guys, that is something to praise God about, is it not? I mean, that is a word for you right now. If you feel like you're not important to God, let me tell you something. He saved the best for last, man, and you're it. He's given it to you. So what a blessing. Then he goes through and he explains, you know, the parable so that the disciples have more understanding. He says, you know, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. And if you'll go back to that painting real quick, you'll see in the bottom left corner of the painting you'll see a shadow on the ground all the way at the bottom left. You might be able to zoom in there. 
there's a shadow on the ground of an outline of a person yeah. and you can see 13 blackbirds if you count them in that shadow and this is the shadow of Satan standing there watching what's going on like wow. he's off to the side you don't see him but you see the shadow there and my dad put in 13 blackbirds they're immediately snatching up that seed before it gets into the ground right Wow. and that is the seed that's sown by the wayside but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. By the way, I just want you to recognize tribulation and persecution come from people outside of yourself. That's two of the devil's plays is to bring others against you, right? Mm -hmm. Tribulation persecution comes from outside it's not something that you trigger yourself mm -hmm. now verse 22 says now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and this deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful and he also says in one of the other versions of this he says and the lusts of other things enter in and choke it out but he who received seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. So there's three ways that we can be bad ground that we are, you know, kind of fall on us and two that fall on other people, right? So what are those, you know, different ways? You got the affliction, the persecution, those are outside, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches and lusts of other things. And I want to give you some ways because the number one thing, like whenever I'm talking to somebody about this concept, the number one thing I hear from people is like, okay, well, that, that's really great, but how do I get like more fruit? I, I want the 30, 60, and 100 fold. Like, I don't want to plant my crop and have nothing come up, right? So that's not very much fun. If you've ever planted a garden, I remember uh, back in the day, my sister-in-law, Julie, she planted this huge garden in her backyard. And um, like one of the like entire thing that she planted, like one of the vegetables, none of them came up. And she's like, I put so much work into that. <laughs> you don't want to not have fruit come up, right? Amen. So, so what are steps to more fruit? I'm going to give you the simplest thing on earth that if you will write this down, this is what I want you guys to do. I want you to write it down. I want you to blow it up, so, you know, at least on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. I want you to put it on the mirror where you get ready in the morning or put it like on your dashboard in your vehicle so you see it every day when you get into your card. Steps to more fruit. It's the simplest thing and this is the reason why we miss it. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Put more seed in the ground. That's it. Put more seed in the ground. What am I saying? Put more seed in the ground. Get in God's word more. Like if I told you, let's just say I told you, hey, for anybody who's listening right now, you know, I'm going to, I want to invest your money for you. Would you give me $10 and I'll go invest your money? Right. And somebody like gets up and says, Aaron, I'll, you know what? I'll give you $40. I'll give you four $10 bills. I'll give you $40 to invest for me. 
Mm. I'm like, I take $10, I go invest it over here. I get nothing. I take another $10, I go over here. I get nothing. I take another $10, go over here, I get nothing in return. But the fourth $10 bill, I go put that into an investment and I get a hundredfold return. <laughs> right? I bring you back $1,000 instead of 10. Or let's just say I get a 60-fold return or a 30-fold. How many of you would be okay with giving me four $10 bills if I just brought you back 300 right after that and gave you 300 back, right? A 30-fold return. I give return. you $100 bills. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. It's like, how much can I give you, Aaron? That sounds like a great deal. That's what the parable of the sower says. It says there's four types of ground. One of them is 30, 60, or 100-fold. So what I say to you is, put more of God's word in your heart. Don't just listen to somebody else tell you about it or teach on it. Don't just go watch some other show that's teaching on the word. Don't just go hear what somebody else's opinion is. Open this word up. Because what did he say in the beginning of this? It's given unto you to know. Up to that point, Jesus was the only person ever to be filled with the Spirit of God and unlock this thing that we call the parable of the sower. It's revelation. That's what it is. It's revelation of his word. We are the only people since that point, since you know the day of Pentecost, now the Holy Spirit is given. You, are, you have that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of you. And if you read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 21, it says that we should pray that God would open our eyes, right? That we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of his will, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we might know what is the hope of his calling, Man, if there's somebody out there going, but I don't know what to do for the kingdom. Yes, you do. You would know the hope of his calling and that you would know the inheritance in the saints and the mighty power that's available to us who believe the same power that was wrought in Christ when, G when God raised him from the dead. That is what we have opened up to us because of the parable of the sower, we're on the inside. We are the ones who get to see and hear the voice of God, and he can speak to us through his word. And if we will soften our hearts, and you know, you know, if you've got some bad ground, let me give you one other way you can get more fruit in your life, okay? You can make the bad soil good, okay? You know, if there's a farmer out there, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid, I used to go out to this big 1600 acre dairy farm that my dad used to go out to and I'd go out there and visit this farmer with him and I remember one year he was opening up like another 80 acres that had been like kind of like a woods area and there was a lot of rocks in the ground and trees and stuff and he wanted to open that up so he could farm it and produce a harvest of a crop from it and I remember he took down all the trees over a period of time he started getting the rocks out. In fact, I remember he built a rock wall to keep his cows in a different area <laughs> with all the rocks he took out of the ground in that area because it was really rocky. And you can do that in your own life, right? You can go 
pull the weeds out, pull the trees out. In fact, you can pull the rocks out and you can do the same thing. How do you do that? What are the rocks? What are the trees? He said the things that stop it that you have control over are the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, right? How do you get the lusts of other things out of your life? Well, you know, you can be content, like Paul says, I'm content in everything. And I know people who are obsessed with money who are poor, and I know people who are obsessed with money who are rich. So it doesn't have anything to do with how much money you have, yeah, right? that's for sure. It's a heart condition. Mm-hmm. It's do I place the same value on things that God places value on things? Because I'll tell you what he places a value on. It's getting people born again, getting people filled with the Spirit of God, and helping them to grow spiritually. Those are the things that God cares about. So if we have the cares of this world or the lusts of other things clouding that, we need to get with him and find out what his heart is, right? And that will immediately getting into his word will help pull those things out of us. And he can put his finger on it specifically for you. And I know I know some of you are listening right now and the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart right now saying, here's a thing you need to get out of your life. You need to, you know, if you, I remember somebody told me one time, things that you feed will grow. <laughs> things that you starve will shrink. So if you have the lusts of other things, start starving that thing. Quit feeding it. Starve it. Don't feed it, right? And as you starve it, it's going to get smaller and smaller until it's so weak. You're going to reach down there with two little fingers and pluck that little weed out of there and throw it out and be like, done with that forever, right? And you know God can deliver you from those things too. So I think that, um, you know, those are some of the things that you could kind of do to just really get get um, some more fruit in your lives. You know, I suggest you go back through and read this parable. You know, it's in... Um, it's in uh, other parts of Scripture. You can read it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's not in John. but um, And then, uh, you know, I'd really like to just pray uh, real quick, Rick, before we go backstage here. I'd like to pray for everybody who's listening right now. Because I just feel like um, the Lord gave me a prayer for people that I, I've taught on this subject and I just like to pray it over everybody. Is that okay? That'd be awesome. And just let you know, we stay front stage when we go backstage. If that is, we'll just uh, so so. But go ahead. Okay, uh, great. <clears throat> All right. So um, <clears throat> let's let's take a moment and let's just bow our hearts and just get with Him and and let the Lord speak to us through this prayer. Jesus, you said, blessed are we because our ears hear and our eyes see. So we ask you to open the eyes of our understanding today. We ask for you to open our ears too, so that we hear the voice of your spirit. We hear the voice of the comforter, the guide that's on the inside. We ask you to arm us with the weapons of your warfare, to arm us with your world-changing heaven-shaking, devil-quaking, power-packed word. We ask you to make our mouths the sheath of the sword of the Spirit, 
so that we may use it to strike down the demons and devils that are holding on to the things in our lives that are holding us back. We also ask you to use the sword of the Spirit, which is your word spoken through us, to tear down the lies of this last election, the lies of this war in the Ukraine, the lies of the World Economic Forum and all of its garbage. We ask that, Lord, that you would that you would be true and every man a liar. I call every word that rises up against your plans to nothing. I send all those plans back to the pit of hell from where they came. And I declare God's perfect will to come to full fruition in my life and in the lives of everybody who's listening to your children here in this world that you gave us the first time and then gave it back to us at the cross at Calvary. Mm -hmm. And I call each of the believers under the sound of my voice to rise up and take their position seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and that they would begin to decree and declare your eternal purposes in their lives through your word from this day forward, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Aaron. That is just awesome. And again, yeah. um, you can get this painting uh, right here at uh, shawholmes.com slash paintings is one one. Yep. S-H-A-W, shawholmes.com slash paintings. It's also, there's a link down below in the description of this video. Again, uh, uh, discounted. And you get entered in for a backstage pass that's going to be auctioned off here shortly um, for Miami. Is that Miami? Is that what you're doing that for right now? Yep, for the Miami event. Yep, for down the, at Trump Doral. Trump Doral. That is awesome. So, hey, one quick thing, uh, and we'll get to questions from backstagers right now. Next is, is uh, was there a reason why we went to, to my aunt Dor Doral and came back? Is it just a, just a cool atmosphere? Is there a reason for that? Uh, oh, yeah. We, we actually, it's because Eric Trump, via his father, asked us to come back. <laughs> okay, that's cool. <laughs> and so he asked us to come back. There's a lot of, they feel like, uh, Florida is going to be a very pivotal state in 2024 mm -hmm. and that they just want to get the truth out there in, you know, for the 2024 election in part. And um, we actually had such an overwhelming number of people that wanted to come to that event and we sold out early on that event. So we didn't have an opportunity to get a lot of the people to be able to come. I gotcha. It makes sense. Because there's so many people in Florida that wanted to come to it. So that's part of the reason. All right. That is awesome. So if people won't mind yeah. uh, raising their hands and uh, questions that you have uh, for Aaron. Um, Aaron, um, when it comes to your rankings of favorite paintings, right? So can we talk just a little bit about that? Because I know you talked about your favorite being the Mary one, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Is there other ones that kind of really touch your heart? Oh my gosh. So <clears throat> I definitely would say that um, the crucifixion and nativity are really close for me because they were the first two that my dad painted and they were both open visions that my dad had and saw and literally sketched out and then made them into a painting. I will tell you one thing about the crucifixion that was really neat that happened with my dad. So um, he painted this painting and he got done with it 
and he was like, I think I'm done. And he was spending some time, just quiet time, talking to the Lord about it and saying, I think I got it exactly what I saw. Did I get everything right? And the first time my dad painted this painting, um, he did not paint it raining. Mm -hmm. And so he was done with it. There was no rain. And um, so the Lord says to my dad, the only thing you didn't do is make it raining. And my dad was like, Lord, do you know how difficult that is to go back and change that now? <laughs> and then he kind of laughed at himself because he was like, well, of course you know how, how difficult that is. <laughs> um, and he's like, so then the Lord just really impressed it on him. He was like, you need to go back and make it raining. And, and so my dad was like, absolutely, I will. But why do I need to make it raining? And he said, because those are the tears that I shed for my son when he mm -hmm. was on that cross. And I want people to know that because I don't think people understand wow. the heart of that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so my dad, of course, <laughs> my dad said he cried for a couple hours. It gets me emotional thinking mm -hmm. about it, but he cried for a couple hours after that. He just like almost couldn't control himself. Mm -hmm. And um, just the Lord impressed it upon him so heavily so my, I remember my dad said he used to go and stand in the shower and hold his arms up in that position and watch the water run down his arms so he could paint it the right way, <laughs> um, which I thought was kind of funny. But then um, also right after that, um, he went out to his studio like a couple days later and the, the painting was sitting on the easel and um, it was dark. It was in the early morning hours. My dad used to go out like, three o'clock in the morning and like go sit in his studio and just be with the Lord and seek him about these paintings. And so he went out there. It was still, you know, really early in the morning and <clears throat> the sun was just starting to come up. And so there was just a little bit of light, like it was dusk. And as a little bit of light came on, <clears throat> my dad could see the arms only. If you notice where all the light is on this painting, it's on both of Jesus' arms. Mm -hmm. And just that part lit up for my dad. And he said, all he could see was a V. And he mm -hmm. said, the Holy Spirit said to him, this looks like the absolute defeat of the plan of God. It looks like the devil has won. But this is the V for the victory that it brings for <laughs> all of mankind and my dad, again, said, he just started bawling. He's That's like, awesome. Lord, you know, but these were things like my dad didn't even mean to like put in the painting. He just, the Lord kept revealing things to him afterwards. And so that was a really, really cool thing. And then on the nativity painting, which, you know, Christmas isn't that far off. If somebody needs a Christmas present, hey, if you don't, you know, if you're like, I don't necessarily need it for me and you want to bless somebody else with it, it'd be a great Christmas present. Um but if you notice in this painting, look at all the light there in the middle. And then if you zoom out, you'll see like there's light on everybody's faces. Mm -hmm. Well, my dad just painted what he saw. And he was like, you know, this was what I sketched out. It's what I saw in the vision. Well, he gets all done with it. And a friend of his comes over who's like an, another artist. And he's like, Harry, that was my dad's name. He says, did you realize there's not like a lantern anywhere. There's no torches or any light source, but the way you painted it, 
all of the light in the painting comes out from the center. And he said, immediately the Holy Spirit said to him, he is the light of the world, and in mm. him there is no darkness at all. Yeah, and my dad was like, praise God, this is so amazing. And then I'm going to take you to one last one real quick. It's the day of Pentecost, which was one of the last ones that he painted. And you just saw that they were kind of all in the nativity. They're all kind of in a circle around Jesus in the center. And if you look at this one in the nativity, it just disappeared for me. Oh, there it is. Um, so if you look at the, the nativity, then you look at this one. So the, the day of Pentecost, they're all in a circle going around the center of the painting. And we had a guy come up to us. We had all the paintings hanging in a humongous art display. And he saw all the people in a circle around Jesus and then all the people in a circle around the Holy Spirit who's coming down in the center here, who's the light source in the Pentecost painting. Mm -hmm. And it's like the only light source in both paintings is, you know, Jesus in the nativity and the Holy Spirit in the Pentecost painting. And my dad didn't realize he had done that. Mm -hmm. And he also didn't realize they all went in a circle around it. And then the Holy Spirit said, well, yeah, this is, you know, this is these two paintings are very closely related because the nativity was the birth of my son the day of pentecost was the birth of the church mm. and my dad was just like man this is so cool <laughs> like he was like this is so exciting discovering these things i painted into these paintings that i didn't even know i painted into these paintings so just really cool um how they kind of mirror each other a little bit and how the Holy Spirit just like led him to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just really, really neat paintings. And flames each of one fire of these paintings, on the top of everybody's heads. <laughs> yeah, you got all the flames of fire on their head. And, you know, my dad, um, you know, when he was painting um, a lot of these things he didn't know, but, you know, he did write out all, you know, shortly before he died, he wrote out everything that was in the paintings and kind of wrote the whole story of the paintings. And if anybody gets one of those prints, when we send it to you, you'll also get that print out with all of the stuff that's in the awesome. painting and everything. So you'll know all of the kind of little hidden features that are in there. Somebody told me sometimes like in movies and stuff, they have things they call Easter eggs, which are like hidden little things in a movie or mm -hmm. whatever or in a picture. And, so I guess these are kind of like Easter eggs in the painting. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So we do have several questions. Uh, let's, yeah. Let's let's get to. Uh, let's see. The first one was from Lourdes. Lourdes, go ahead. Hi. Hi. Hi this this is wonderful. You are so enlightened, and so was your dad. Uh, and what you've said has totally touched me. Um, so my question is advice. Advice of how. I can um, put more seed in the ground because uh, I open the Bible and I don't know where to start mm -hmm. and I don't know what to read and I you know I mean I've I've read most of the Bible because of all the years that I've been in church and Bible studies and things like that but I haven't done enough reading for myself to build a relationship yeah so, that's that's a great question Lourdes um, 
You know, I get asked that question actually quite a bit. Um, my answer to that question would be, the Bible says that you have no need that any man teach you, but that the Spirit of God can teach you himself. Mm -hmm. And so what I would do is I would start with that. I would actually pray Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 21 over yourself right before you start reading. And then I would say, Lord, I'm calling you to your promise that I, I don't have need that any man teach me, but that you will teach me yourself. And so I ask you for that right now. And Lord, I ask you for that for Lourdes and for everybody who's listening right now that you would open up their eyes and you would be their teacher. Ephesians, you know, in, uh, Ephesians said again. Uh, one, one, chapter 1, verse 17 through 21. Okay. And then, um, you know, in John uh, 14, 15, and 16, by the way, Jesus was getting ready to leave, and he said to his disciples, he said, guys, I'm getting ready to leave this earth. You're not going to be with me in person anymore, but it's going to be so much better for you because then I can send the comforter, the teacher, the Holy Spirit, who will do three things for you. And he says this to them. He says, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He will show you things to come, right? So lead you and guide you into all truth is like, as you're reading the word, you can say, Lord, I want you to lead me and guide me into all truth, the truth of your word. I want you to show you, show it to me in my life. So lead you and guide you into all truth, show you things to come. So anything he needs to prepare you for ahead of time, he can start to prepare your heart by showing you things to come. And then it also says that he'll he'll um, bring all things to your remembrance. So I know like even today when I spent some time with the Lord and I was reading his word, he was bringing up things from my past. I was reading a scripture that I, the last thing on my mind was the very next thing the Holy Spirit said, hey, Aaron, remember this that happened 22 years ago? He said, this verse is talking about that. And you need to make this little change in your life. And if you'll change this, it's going to get a lot better. So like I, it was the last thing I was expecting while I was reading it. But that's what he does. He brings all things to your remembrance. He leads you and guides you into all truth. And as soon as he showed me the one little adjustment I needed to make, I was like, oh boy, that was what I needed to hear. Like he is leading me and guiding me into all truth. He's reminding me of things from the past. So do that, Ephesians 1, 17 through 21, pray it and say, Lord, I'm asking you for this. I'm taking you at your word. You promised this to me. I'm calling you to this promise. And he is faithful. That is the one thing he tells you over and over and over and over and over again is that he is faithful. He will do it for you. And then for me, I would start in John. I would read the Gospel of John first. And I what I would do is I would get yourself a little notebook and set it where your Bible is and read a, a paragraph or two. And then I would pause and give him a moment to talk to you. Just get quiet and listen on the inside. I would do this in a place where you're not going to be distracted by other things, right? Give him... Like, okay, if somebody like, you know, 
super important all of a sudden wanted to come and talk to me you know i used to be it used to be i'm not anymore i don't care about football anymore used to be a huge football fan yeah and if bill belichick from the patriots would have come to talk to me i would have been like set aside everything i'm gonna listen to everything this guy has to say right. <laughs> like why wouldn't we do that with god so put all those things aside and listen and see what he says about what what you just read and be in expectation that he will speak and then go to the next part and the next part and just write down anything he says you know the pencil is for remembering the mind is for creative thinking you if god speaks to you let me tell you you don't want to forget what he said you need to write it down immediately because there is no better advice you're ever going to get on the face of the Amen. earth than him telling you what to do. So you better write it down, right? Okay. So there's my answer for you. All right. Great Thank question. you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Elizabeth, go ahead. Oh, hi, Aaron. Lovely to meet you. Um, I just love the parable of the sower, except um, I'm actually on 10 acres and I've pretty much got weeds everywhere. So um, but I'm really hoping that, you know, the weeds in my heart are the most important thing not to be in, you know. So that that's really, really touched me what you said. And I just love that painting. So I'm just curious, have you still got all the originals, um, Aaron? And do you paint yourself or does anybody else paint in your family? Pretty much our whole family is artistic. Um, and I used to draw a lot, not paint, but draw a lot. Um, but um, none of us paint. Um, we we have never gone into that. Um, as far as the originals, um, with the originals, there are a few of them that I know where they are, and the rest of them I'm still trying to locate. So I have not gotten all of them nailed down, but I've got like five of them I know where they are, and seven of them I don't know where they are yet. So, wow. But I'm still looking. I'm not going to give up on it. Are those are those five uh, ones you you uh, that that have personal owners, or are you trying to actually each buy them? One, back? Yeah, each one has an owner, and mm. um, different. My mom basically had different people who came to after my dad passed away that came and wanted to purchase them, and so um, she had sold them a long time ago. So, mm -hmm. but they were like family friends and stuff. So uh, that's how I know where those ones are. Mm -hmm. And my mom has really bad memory issues, and so she she can't remember where the mm -hmm. other ones are, and I haven't been able to find anybody else who knew. So, um, but I'm trying. So, but you got all the prints though, so because I was just I curious about that, that yeah. huge one. You know, that would just be phenomenal. I mean, how big was that? Um, but it's oh, yeah. a similar story to Achian, who um, painted Jesus, and that went missing for a while, and I think. I think it's finally now at the Perth Mint because I live in Australia and, and near Perth, and I think it's there now. So, yeah, it's really crazy how all these amazing pictures kind of disappear, isn't it? It is pretty wild, um, but I know that God has a purpose, and um, you know, it's going to be carried out. And, you know, the thing is, is that it's so amazing. My dad died in 2002, so he's been in heaven for a long time, 21 years. And these paintings are speaking still, you know, it's it's amazing. My dad was not good at anything. He was like a D student all the way through school. He really had no discernible skills or talents other than that he could paint. 
And it's amazing because the one gift mm -hmm. that God gave him, he said, Lord, I give this gift that you gave me, I give it back to you. Take it. Do with it what you want me to do with it. And the thing that's so awesome, you guys, is when we take the gifts that God gives us, we say, Lord, what can you do with this gift? Well, that gift can still be speaking 21 years after you're gone from this earth. That gift can be multiplied. I would say that his gift is multiplied a hundredfold at this point. Mm -hmm. Yes. The legacy of Thank you so much. That was amazing. You're welcome, Elizabeth. All right. And I know we're over time. Do you have time for another couple of questions and a prayer? Yeah. Okay. Go yeah, ahead, absolutely. Gus. Aaron, that was amazing. Totally amazing. Oh, thank the you. I just lost you, Gus. Are you there? I, I, might, I may have. Gus, I may have uh, muted you. You just froze, one of the two. He looks frozen to me. Yeah, it looks like it just froze. He, right during his question, he was, he's was he been fine the whole entire time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, he, did, he just froze there. But uh, we do want to lift you up, Aaron, and uh, just say thank you for everything that you've done. Uh, uh, I just love talking about the different type of paintings, and you have so many stories around each one. That's why um, we wanted you to come back uh, a few more times as well to kind of de de delve deep into maybe uh, – uh, one, one or two or three more of these, uh, whatever you, whatever you feel comfortable with. So I'm absolutely, at, I, I would love to do that anytime. You yeah, bet. Yeah, I'm sure Gus, Gus is going to try to come back on here. Does anybody else have a quick question that we can wait for Gus so we can get his question in before we start on prayer, or maybe we could prayer and kind of get, get Gus's question at the end. Um, all right, why don't we do that? So who, who feels like uh, saying that prayer for? Uh, somebody maybe hasn't been on camera yet. Maybe that'd be kind of cool. So I don't know, Jeremiah. Do you mind uh, lift, lifting him up, and maybe Charlotte, and then uh, then and, and then I'll uh, uh, Linda, and then I'll pray. Sure, sure, I'll pray for him. Aaron, I just want to say, man, I, you're a great man of God, and uh, I followed your story. I've heard it several times, and it's a uh, you know, it's just an honor to have you here. We really appreciate you and everything that you do for us. Mm -hmm. and, Thank you, brother. Uh, story's awesome, man. You got a great story, man. So I love it. I love it. Okay, so, <clears throat> dear Heavenly Father, we ask you today to, to be with us, dear Heavenly Father. We know that you're with us because Aaron's here. Mm -hmm. We ask that you lift him up, dear Heavenly Father. You lift him up and you, uh, we come into agreement with everything that he's saying. And as he's working with Clay Clark in the uh, Reawaken America Tour, dear Heavenly Father, we ask that tour uh, gathers the attention of the people uh, of this great land, dear Heavenly Father, that can help us spread this movement further and faster and bigger and greater than any than any uh, revival before this, dear Heavenly Father. The latter rain will be bigger, greater than the former. So we do come into agreement with that, dear Heavenly Father. We ask that you clear the path for, for this awakening and that you protect everyone involved, dear Heavenly Father, as we rebuke these spirits, these evil spirits that are in control of this dark world, dear Heavenly Father. We uh, prepare your way, and we ask for your guidance with men like Aaron and men like Clay and General Flynn and, and everyone at these uh, Reawakened American Tours, dear Heavenly Father. We pray a hedge of protection and your blood over us, dear Heavenly Father. Uh, we're ready for battle. We're, we have steel in our spines, and we're ready for battle, dear Heavenly Father. Be with us. We know we will be victorious. And again, thank you for bringing Aaron 
to uh, the B2T show. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Charlotte, do you mind praying? And then Linda? We, we, we still have you muted, it looks like. Uh, it looks like you're, it looks like you're, you're unmuted, but it's not working. So sorry about that. <laughs> we'll go, we'll go to Linda. Linda, go ahead. If I just name, I prayed protect from Aaron and his family and where he travels to. I think you get your hands off him and his family, and when he comes in touch with and we recommend to our community, get your hands off of it. It's not your business, God's business. Command it in Jesus' name. Protect those pains, Father. I would like one, but there's certain reasons not to buy one right at the moment. The good pictures, and I want them being ruined. Anyway, protect them, Father, Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray this. Amen, amen. 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 Thank you, Linda. Oh man, and then uh, I'll also lift you up real quick and uh, thank you Aaron for staying a little bit longer. Heavenly Father, what, what a blessing to, to see these beautiful paintings and how you directed those. And it's so interesting to see uh, you've given Henry actually visions so we can actually know that these are these are really authentic. And Lord, uh, we just thank you to preserving these and doing the hundredfold increase that he even painted in, about in the painting. Uh, what, what a huge blessing and we just pray for huge blessings on the entire Antis family the extended family their team the extended team Clay's team the extended team the future teams of these of, of, these, of Shaw Homes as well as um, the reawakened tour Lord put your protection and blessing around all of that and we just thank you and I just pray for the again this Acts 329 the whole the 319 the whole the, the times of refreshing we pray for the times of refreshing over him right now in the mighty name of Jesus um, and that he'll just have an awesome night's sleep and wake up with the joy of the Lord tomorrow as he feels the Holy Spirit coming across him. Just re-energize him, give him more energy than he is even expecting as he moves forward with all this travel and with all this uh, beautiful work that they're doing at the Remnant Church and and, and the, the all aspects of what, what is in part of his life and his ministry. Amplify his voice, amplify the voice of the Reawakened Tour, amplify the voice of of uh, Shaw Holmes and bless him in a mighty way, Lord. Use his children and mighty men and women of the Lord. We say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. All I love right. it. I love getting prayed for. Thank you guys so much for that. I really appreciate you. And um, Rick, thank you so much for inviting me back on here. It's an honor to be able to come on your show and just share with everybody. So yeah. I appreciate you and everything you do, man. You are a busy guy mm -hmm. and you're you're doing a lot too so thank you so much for taking the time to bring me on tonight yeah we appreciate you so much and uh just a quick announcement we're going to go backstage gus gus i'm sure is going to be on pretty soon it's for his bible study that's tonight <laughs> every wednesday night that's backstage so we're going to be going there but if everybody wouldn't mind unmuting and saying uh, goodbye and thank you to for uh, to aaron yeah, thank you. Thank you. so much. Love you, so, you much. so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. We'll catch you till next right. time. Appreciate Bye. you. See you. Yeah. See you. Hopefully in the yeah. Miami. God bless you. All right. Bless you. Love you. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs>
isn't that awesome? Yeah, amazing to see to see uh, to be able to spend the time yes. with 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 a with a wonderful man of God like that. Um, yes. I tell you what, we're gonna we're we're gonna move now to backstage. Um, see if I see what time we have, and if Gus is back yet. So I might play one song while we're waiting on him. So just so, so you guys know that we, I'm gonna try to get that out of my screen real quick since I'm got my camera kind of messed up here. But uh, there we go. Now we now we've got that. But I wanted to let you guys know that invite you uh, to be part of this ministry. We're really focused on creating groups of people that are equipped to be able to help the hurting people. When the, when this wake up call comes and this, uh, they're gonna people are gonna be shocked. So what took you maybe you know years to wake up to or or, or at least months to wake up to these guys are going to be mm -hmm. your, your friends and family that are sleeping now they're going to be chicken awake uh, in probably days and, and and weeks and they're going to be devastated right uh, many of them physically devastated to realize what they did with the jab they're going to be um actually um, mentally as well when they see the people that they've lost because of the these these weapons and and the, and, the, and the evil out in the world, right? So we want to have a home here at the Blessed Teach Ministry at the neighborhood.social where the, all these groups are being created. There's like Facebook groups, but they're non-censored um, Christian patriots of people that come together and have these groups that are ready to do transformational prayer, healing prayer, and really disciple new believers into the kingdom. And so we want to be a place for the hurting. That's a big part of the vision of this church. And uh, you know we're calling it a church now. It's not because we we have a Sunday morning uh, word and worship here on 10 a.m. We also have Friday night praise and prayer where I teach with Gus um, on the Book of John right now on Friday night word and worship, and then I'm sorry, word and worship on Friday and Sunday. And we also have the praise and prayer on Mondays and Thursdays. So that'll be tomorrow night. We'd love to have you join us on that. We have just beautiful worship videos that have scripture. And um, what we love about it is is it is it really links us back to, to actual scriptural verses every single song and they'll play it the scriptures will be at the bottom of the screen on the top you'll see the lyrics so you can even see it big enough for your phone but then on the sides there's people worshiping right all in a live experience with a beautiful video um, I just think you, you guys will really love this experience and just to give you a, a taste of that uh, we'll play one song this is Graves of Gardens and um, We'll, we'll we'll start with this this beautiful video. So this is this is again the scripture. Each time this just jumps out at us on each of the lyrics of the song. Right here, you have Lord. There is nothing better than you. You're the only one who can. This song talks about that points to Exodus eight, where it says that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. In Philippians 3, 8, where it says, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. The second lyric in this song talks about, you turn mourning into dancing. You give beauty for ashes. Right out of Psalm 30, 11, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. Out of Isaiah 61, where it says, To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Third thing this song talks about is you turn bones into armies. I love that. Pointing to Ezekiel 37. So I prophesied, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together. Remember, it talks about the rattling of the bones. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. They turned bones into armies. That's how powerful this God is. 
And then it says, uh, you turned seas into highways, talking about Exodus, right? Where Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back, and the people of Israel went into the sea in the midst of dry ground. Whoa. That's what this is all about. And so this, this is actually called Graves to Gardens, a beautiful song. Um, worship with us.
just realized I'm still on YouTube and they're gonna give me a strike for playing this music so guys I apologize I'm gonna play one more song but I'm gonna have to take YouTube out of the restream uh, deal we'll get into open the eyes of my heart would somebody read this uh, net do you mind doing that Perfect. Thank you so much. Beautiful. So let's get open the eyes of our heart as we worship him.
Wow, pretty awesome, huh? So we're gonna go backstage now to further the Bible study that we do on Wednesday night. So also do a little bit of training on the neighborhood and the groups that we're gonna be forming and how important that is to this ministry. Um, love to have you as part of this ministry. So several ways you can do that. The easiest way to find everything is just to go to blessedteach.com. Bless with the number two teach.com. You can do free show notes on the front page. You can go join backstage. It used to be seventeen seventy six a month. Now People can pay forward, and so those of you who are struggling at all financially, just come on for free. We don't want finances to get in the way at all. We also have the free neighborhood. The link is there for neighborhood.social. Neighborhood.social, you can actually download on your on your Apple phone or your Google phone. Just go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. And then also we have training there, the Impactors for Truth. So if you really need to bond better with your family, that's a training session, uh, online tracing session that you can do at your own pace. Uh, beautifully, it also teaches you how to red pill your family about being good at, very good at two or three things, not a bunch of knowledge. It's like, how do I get really good at two or three things? That's how you actually red pill families. And I've done it successfully in Uber cars with many people, all the way from people that I've met for the very first time, all the way to people that we uh, know very well, like my, my, my brother who's now in ministry with me, right? And then you've got uh, um, uh, just everything's there. The stores there of all these Patriot companies that have beautiful natural type products. Uh, it's like over 30 companies, including the, including the natural coffee I was talking to you about. 
that helps with appetite suppressant and intermittent fasting. Beautiful stuff. All at all that is found in one place. <laughs> Blessedtoteach.com. Go through the tabs. I think you really enjoy engaging with this ministry. Um, love you guys so much. And with that, I'm going to say a quick prayer. It looks like Gus is back. That's awesome and ready for his Bible study. And so with that, just Heavenly Father, just thank you guys. Pray for blessings on everyone that's listening to my voice right now. May you just use them for such a time as this. Allow them to become part of this remnant where they are spending time with you alone. They're putting God's word in their heart and spending time in the word of God. And they're spending time worshiping and praising you. So you can impart your ways, not our ways. You can impart that your thoughts, not our thoughts. And make our path straight as we submit to you. We love you, Lord. And we say these things in the mighty name of Jesus. So stay in faith, not fear, guys. Those are backstage unmuting and saying goodbye. And we'll be backstage here shortly. Mm-hmm. <laughs>